I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. The creepiest. All the creepy. I know. What yeah. a what a week it's been. Yeah. It's been fun. <laughs> it's been interesting. It's been hot. <laughs> oh, who turned on like, the sun? Like, why am I in shorts in January? <laughs> right. We're, we're it's sorry so weird to anyone who lives outside of Southern California. I hope you're staying warm. However, it's freaking freezing here, hot here. It's freaking hot. I'm wearing shorts and a shirt, like a, a really light shirt, because my goodness. Yep. It's, it's so bad. It's one of those days, and everybody else, like on the other side, they're freezing, and they're I like, know. "You guys suck. You're complaining about how hot it is right now." <laughs> I'm saying all these. We're complaining how cold it is. I know. <laughs> I'd rather be there. I'm be a hundred percent honest on that. I know. I would like to be in the snow. I'm saying all these videos of Tika the Iggy on Instagram. Oh, in the oh, snow. So cute. You want to go outside? Snow. <laughs> snow. You want to go do this? Snow. <laughs> it's very cute. Oh, hot. Mm-hmm. Mega hot. Anyways. I have a joke for you. Okay. What do you call Batman when he misses church? What? Christian Bale. Ha! <laughs> well. Sorry, I right. saw that joke somewhere on Instagram and I had to put it there. Cute. I like it. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, well, I have one for you too. Okay. Where do werewolves hate to shop? <laughs> I don't know where. Flea markets. <laughs> I would imagine that would be terrible. That would be awful. Me, on the other hand. I love a good flea market. I know. I was like, I love that. Sans, sans fleas. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Sans exactly. real fleas. But. Right. <laughs> and sans people. Oh, gosh. It's too people out here. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, shall we get into our booze news? We shall. Okay. Booze news. Booze news. So, sad news. Um, I think we had talked about this last year, but uh, if we didn't, I am talking about it now. Okay. Uh, there is the annual Women in Horror Film Festival. Oh. That was supposed to be, it was supposed to be running you know, earlier this year. Um, but unfortunately, they are postponing it from February to June. I imagine that would be happening. Um, but now, unfortunately... They're pushing it back again to 2022. Oh, my God. I know. Well, like, why can't they do, like, an online event? They didn't want to do a virtual event because they didn't want to downplay the accomplishments of women in I mean, horror. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, like, poor Zendaya, who just won a freaking Emmy and is the youngest person to ever win one, and she has to do it at home she doesn't get to i mean she looked damn good though oh i mean that girl always looks good but <laughs> just saying <laughs> but you know it, it takes away from the celebration a little bit so i i understand why they did it um and they had a press release listed on their website that specifically said you know we we thought about doing a virtual event but we didn't want to downplay the accomplishments of the filmmakers that submitted things so they decided to push it to march 3rd through 5th of 2022 okay um and they're hoping that with all of the increased vaccination efforts here in the United States that they'll actually be able to deliver a live event that will be awesome per the usual um but 
if we have any listeners who submitted content, here are some good things to know. Okay. Any films or screenplays that are currently in competition will remain in competition until the 2022 event. Oh, nice. Nothing else that you have to do. If you've already submitted it, you're good to go. Now, they will be open for submissions through the end of December of this year, exclusively through Film Freeway. And if you have any questions, just reach out to them at any time. They have an email set up. It's wihfilmfest at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So sad, but I'm glad that they're um, extending the submission process and leaving everything for for the new year. And then other exciting news. So this is billed as the world's first horror attraction dedicated to author Mary Shelley and her most famous creation. Uh, Mary Shelley's House of Frankenstein is opening in Bath, Somerset, England, (gasps) coming this spring. I know. So if we can get into England, if we're allowed, we'll find out. Uh, I need to go to this. Um, I just want to go to London. Well, that too. <laughs> like uh, just anywhere over there. <laughs> yes. Um, so the attraction is actually going to cover the life and career of Mary Shelley, while of course also exploring the enduring legacy of the Frankenstein monster. Ooh. Yeah. So the attraction was originally conceived by writer and video producer Chris Harris and developed with him along with Jonathan Willis, Vicki Smith, and Adam Leon. And the website actually details out this quote. The project is further supported by a large team of freelance theatrical professionals, including electronics and AV specialists, set builders and carpenters, scenic painters and decor artists, props and model makers, set dressers, designers and graphic artists. Oh, that was a really long (laughs) sentence. Um, And they'll actually be contracting one of Europe's leading prosthetics, animatronics and special effects makers to create bespoke exhibits throughout uh, the attraction as flagship centerpieces. Oh. So it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, if we have, well, I know we have listeners in the UK. Yes. Um, please go and visit this and tell us how awesome it is so that we yes. can be jealous and then we'll eventually. I know, send pictures, send video if you can take any of those. Yes, I'd love to see it. Inquiring minds would like to know. Totally. <laughs> and then someday, if we're allowed in, I will go see it. Yes. Me too. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books. It's great. Yes. Um, well, I got some nerd news. <laughs> um, so, uh, a new movie adaptation of the popular tabletop role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons, mm. is finally happening. Yay! Nerds unite! <laughs> Yay! Um, with Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, co-directors of, um, the comedy Game Night and writers of Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, they are um, also on board to direct. I was like, very cool. Groovy. <laughs> but that's not the only D&D project in the works. Um, Hollywood Reporter um, actually reported that um, a series is also being developed. So like the film, the Dungeon & Dragons series is being developed by Hasbro and E1. And... Um, Hollywood Reporter also says that John Wick franchise writer Derek Kolstad is on board. And so you might watch this now. Chris Pine. I mean, okay. That's all you Is attached to, to star in the feature film. All right. I would have watched it anyway because I was a huge D&D nerd um, yep. when I was in junior high and high school. But um, 
Yeah, now that is, I mean, if there was any doubt, it has been removed because Mabu Chris Pine is in it. Yeah, I know. I was going to say when Chris, when they attach Chris Pine, and I knew when I put that in there, you're like, we're going. Right. It's going to (laughs) happen. Like, I don't care what the movie is. It's Chris Pine. Uh Uh-huh. We are going. (laughs) He's just the most adorable little man. Yeah. So, um, and kind of continuing on, I guess kind of nerdy news. I mean, it's more like some Marvel stuff. Anyway, uh, so Oscar Isaac is headed back into the world of Marvel with the upcoming uh, Disney Plus series, Moon Knight, which is being developed by Jeremy Slater, who um, who did The Exorcist. I'm assuming the show. Yes. Yes, it was the show. <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> um and the um, Hollywood Reporter also is, you know, kind of giving an, an update. So the site is reporting that Ethan Hawke has also signed on. Hmm. I haven't seen him in a long time. Not since I The feel Purge. Like, oh, that's right. He was in The Purge. That's probably the last Ethan Hawke movie that I saw. Yeah, oh, no, the no, first, no, no. Th- wait. Sinister, too. He was in the very first Purge oh. movie, and then he was in the first Sinister well, Wait, movie. wasn't Sinister first and then The Purge? I don't know. If only there was a way we could find out. Oh my God, IMDb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Which came first, the, 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 the sinister or the purge? <laughs> but yeah, those are probably the last two movies that I remember seeing him in. Yeah, but I feel like he's very choosy, which is good. I mean, if you have that option, and you only want to, you know, take on certain roles, that's fine. I don't know. He <laughs> fucked it up with Uma, so he's. I mean, at the bottom of my list anyway. Like, okay, sorry. Like, small segue. Again, I don't get these guys who have beautiful freaking wives and then they go and cheat on, I mean, I know this probably sounds kind of mean, (laughs) but somebody who's like less than (laughs) just a little, I'm like, they're pretty, but it's like you, your wife is Uma Thurman, right? Also, Mark Anthony, your wife is J-Lo. Oh my God. I don't care what she did, dude. (laughs) I'm sorry. Jay-Z, your wife is fucking Beyonce. Right? I don't get it. No, I don't care. Is it a machismo thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care what she did or what she called you or if she didn't fluff your freaking pillow, whatever it is, you, yeah. And you are correct. Uh, Sinister was 2012 and The Purge was 2013. Okay. Back to back. All right. Yeah, because I was like, I think after that, I feel like I didn't see anything of him but anyway back to the news sorry i just <laughs> i just had to say that when you mentioned uma thurman what's it I was like, like to be undeniably pretty uma thurman? <laughs> seriously Pe- us peasants want to know i think i loved her the best in the producers though oh, in the, that great. live action that they oh did. it was awesome the one with yeah. matthew broderick and yes. uh, nathan lane so good the best but i didn't know like she could really sing like that mm-hmm like she did a really good job and with the accent too i was like oh, okay yeah, I loved her. i'm feeling it Mm-hmm. All right, but anyway, back to Ethan Hawke. <laughs> so, um, Hollywood Reporter says that Hawke is going to play the series' lead villain. Mm. So, no word yet on precisely which uh, Marvel villain Hawke will be playing in the series. But we figure you'll enjoy, you know, everybody's going to enjoy and speculating who he's going to be. Especially if you follow this comic. I have not read this comic. And I don't really know much about this comic. But now I'm kind of interested just to see... Like yeah. what it's about but just a little um background so um the marvel character is described as an ex-marine turned mercenary whose multiple alter egos allow him to better fight crime Ooh, so it's interesting so um moon knight has um 
uh, has to date never appeared in the world of live action and the Disney Plus series is reportedly set to pave the way for the character to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yay! So, yeah, coming soon. I personally just really, 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 really want them to pick Agent Carter back up. I know. I feel like they just left that hanging so bad. They did. I mean, it was so good. I loved Agent Carter. Me too. But, I mean, they're doing too many things at once. Yeah. And, you know, they're just going where the money's at. <laughs> Apparently, it was not with Agent Carter. No. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're competing with Infinity War, Endgame. But you, now that's all done. Right. Now that it's done. It's been done for a couple years. Tony Stark died. Right? <laughs> Tony Stark's gone. <laughs> Wanda and Vision got their own show. Which, I kind of like it. I loved it. Did you, you finally watch it? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm caught up so we can talk about it. Okay. I really, really, really liked it. <laughs> Me too. Although, I'm curious to see where they're going to take it because there's little little things from like the very first episode. Mm-hmm. That song, Yakety Yak, came out in 1959. Yes. And- okay. I... Okay. I love that you bring that up uh-huh. because that is literally the first thing I thought of when it started playing. Well, so that came out in 1959 and then the way that the characters are dressed is very 1950s. Yes. However, episode two is a like play-by-play ripoff of Bewitched. Yes. And... But I loved that, that whole opening sequence. Oh, no, like, I loved it. That like, was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shade. It, it just was a like carbon copy ripoff of Bewitched, like mm-hmm. down to um, Elizabeth or uh, elizabeth olsen's wardrobe and hair and everything yep but uh they have the song help me Rhonda" playing yep by the beach boys which came out in 1965 yep so i'm noticing a little time jump here mm-hmm. and then we suddenly jump into color at the very end yes so i'm yeah curious to Some, see where this is gonna go something's going on mm-hmm. i yep, probably yep. watched too much of the trailers so i have an idea like, yeah, I didn't watch it's, any of it's it. It's really good that you did because it, it would have killed it for you. Okay. You know when like they try to like really boost something and they kind of give a little bit too much away? When they put all the best parts of the movie or series in the yes. trailer? I hate that. That is what they did. Dear trailer but, makers, stop. But I hope that maybe they just did that to get you interested, but like they're going to flip this, you know, they're going to flip it on me. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I'm, so that's why I'm not going to say anything. But... I, li- I love it so far. I really and you know like me, it. I just want all the clothes. Oh, yeah. Her, her <laughs> like, wardrobe is freaking amazing. Like the, the magic show. Oh, that little outfit, the little <laughs> like sequin thing. Yes. Yeah, it's really oh, cute. Oh, man. But if you guys haven't started watching WandaVision, please watch. It is very good. And now you so know far. that <laughs> the songs Yakety Yak and Help Me Rhonda by the Beach Boys are in there. Yeah. But definitely pay attention. Yeah, because there's like little things in there. Like I'm gonna, I want actually want to go back and watch it because I kind of read somewhere there's like little Easter eggs. Oh, totally. So I kind of want to go back and really like focus mm-hmm. so that I can catch them. Do because I I missed it. Do but it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we definitely want to still share some wonderful small businesses that you should still be trying to support in this pandemic that we are still in. Mm-hmm. It's still happening, you guys. It's actually worse now. I know. At least in the U.S. Yeah, 
we can't keep it together. I hear New Zealand is out of the woods, though. New Zealand, oh, that's good. Yeah, they haven't had a confirmed COVID case in a while. Oh, that's good to hear. Good mm-hmm. job, New Zealand, if you're listening. And New Zealand's run by a woman. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty soon we'll be like half run by a woman. Kind of. That's what I mean, like half-ish. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Hey, at least there's more uh, female members of Joe Biden's cabinet than Mm -hmm. the latter. I appreciate that. Yep. Good good job, Joe B. Although I've uh, resorted to only microwaving things. Like, I never put things in for 45 seconds. I put them Mm -hmm. in for either 44 or 46. But I don't (laughs) put them in for 45. (laughs) Jared's like, why are you doing that? I said... For Obama and for Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's great. So what if you have to cook something for 45 minutes? What do you do? It's either 44 and 59. Even if the recipe specifically asks for 45? What recipe have you ever known that asked you to cook something None, for 45 minutes? None, but I was just curious. <laughs> no, it's either 44 or 46. Okay. For Obama or for Biden. Well, people making recipes change it up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we want to share some more businesses in our new section, New Year Who Dis? Yeah. So the first one I want to share is a Velvet Apparition. So they're on IG and they also have their website, velvetapparition.com. So obviously, Valentine's Day is everywhere right now. We're not even in February yet. But what's great is I love that people are coming out with these like creepy and spooky Valentine's Day cards. Oh, yeah. So it makes it so much better. By the way, you are getting one very soon. Yay! (laughs) Because I planned ahead. When I saw those things popping up, I was like, oh, in cart, 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 cart. cart. (laughs) So, um, but Velvet Apparition has some great stuff. We actually uh, shared them on our IG stories and they were very thankful. So, um, also, I did check out the store a little bit more. You are going to love this. There is a pumpkin spice room spray. Shut up. No way. If you still want to be a basic bee, uh that's my life (laughs) yeah right (laughs) and you still want to have that pumpkin spice life they carry it all the time i mean i do buy the san francisco bay k cups of the pumpkin spice flavor all year round i buy the i buy the 80 pack so that i can can (laughs) of course you do well now you can get your room spray all year round okay good to know yeah Good to know. Also, um, she uh, also that she also does a lavender um, hand sanitizer, and it's Ooh. all natural, all made by her. Um, and then also, just so you know, the if you are in Southern California, um, the Velvet Apparition uh, Valentine's Day's cards are sold at Mystic Museum, and it's also on their website. So if you are close to the Burbank area and you just need to you know last minute get a valentine's day card you want it to be spooky you can hopefully see it at mystic museum and buy it there do love do love the mystic museum yes they're very cool very very cool over there um and then the next one i want to share and i know we've talked about um her before is bad and bruja lashes because you all know how i love my lashes Mm -hmm. love it so um she came out with a new eyeshadow palette 
and it's coming out on February 1st, so really soon, and the, it's a whole new, um, it, the theme is Scream, from the movie Scream, and Ooh. her eyeshadow palette is called Make Me Scream, which I kind of laughed at that, hey but anyway, <laughs> please do, I know, <laughs> oh man, I knew you were gonna say something, <laughs> Sorry, I should have warned. Uh, should have warned parents. No. <laughs> um. So really cool. Inside there, there's a pink color, and it's called "I Want to Be in the Sequel." Oh, cute. <laughs> there, there's a white, um, and it's called Billy. Nice. <laughs> this is great. Red, and it's titled "I'll Be Right Back," and the the black color, of course, is called "Make Me Scream." Love it. Oh, you'll be using a lot of that one. <laughs> so um check out bad and bruja lashes obviously there's lots of other makeup items in there and they're great her pigments are like super duper bright um and you can see a lot of the samples on her on her hands like you know she's really good at like showing what her you know products are like so check them out yay love it so the first one that i picked is Little Miss Oddities. Oh. So they've got, and for those that know about her shop, and she actually has a website. It's just littlemissoddities.com. She's got all sorts of great taxidermy goodies that are beautiful. So beetles, butterflies, all all kinds of stuff. It's absolutely gorgeous. They are works of art. They're usually in little shadow boxes. Um, Absolutely beautiful. So please check out those goodies. But she's also got... Different things like prints for purchase, cards, down to bottle openers, candles, you name it, all kinds of super fun stuff. So definitely check out Little Miss Oddities for all of your spooky home decor. Um, and then the other one that I picked is Bats by Cherry. I'm like looking at it right now. So she's got, oh yeah, so she's got an Etsy store and she sells everything from jewelry to teacups to prints, um, all kinds of beautiful pieces of art. But the main reason why I picked her is because I love bats. Mm-hmm. They're the cutest little sky puppies on the face of the planet. Oh, sky puppies. They're little sky puppies and bats are excellent pollinators mm-hmm. not just bees um so we need them and uh there are many species that are endangered um i every time the city comes by and puts the sticky traps for Ugh. flies and stuff in my orange trees in my front yard i rip them down because they're awful bats get stuck in them all the time and then they die because they can't get out um so mm-hmm. it's i know it's terrible but she donates a portion of her proceeds to wildlife education specifically focusing on bats and their benefits to the environment um Ooh. yeah and then also she donates to bat rehab facilities as well oh can we go i know dude the the um i think it's the santa barbara zoo is that the santa barbara zoo or the la county zoo i can't remember oh i want to go they've got the big bat exhibit that you can go in and they've got the cutest sky puppies they're just so adorable i want to hold one i know if it wasn't mean to have them as pets i would absolutely have one as a pet but i know it's not Uh, it's not good to keep them as pets please tell me you got that bat teacup i did i ordered it i know you did okay that's why i'm like i'm looking at it i'm like somebody's birthday coming up i think i need to get this damn cup because it is cute it's so pretty but of course like you're like 
a hundred steps ahead of me. But this, okay, this is <laughs> again, no shade to anybody who's got kids because kids are wonderful. And I love being an aunt. I love, I absolutely adore my, my beautiful godson, Travis and my uh, niece and my nephews. Absolutely love them. However, there's a reason I don't have children because I like to buy stupid things <laughs> like teacups with bats on them. So. Oh man. Hey, I know these things about myself. I yeah. know that I'm selfish. It's fine. I need to be more selfish in my life sometimes. You do it, babe. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so please remember to shop small yes. and support them because they need us the most. Mm-hmm. Amazon don't need our money. No. <laughs> I just had to order a new Tumblr, though, because I broke my spider web one. So while we Uh-oh. were chatting, I just ordered a new one. But oh, and somebody wasn't trying to price gouge oh no they were oh god and i couldn't find another one of the spider web ones unfortunately but i did find the one with that's purple with the kitty on it oh that's cute so i ordered that one of course you did <laughs> of course you did <laughs> just like whenever there's a glitter one you're like hey did you get that you know what i'm not even gonna ask you <laughs> did you get the glitter sequin one of sure course did. you did sure did <laughs> beat you to it right <laughs> well today's episode is part three of our cemetery wandering no i can't believe we're at part three i know this is great i know i love it so we yeah we pick uh different cemeteries from all over the world Mm -hmm. not just in the u.s um because we have listeners from all over the world so we wanted to talk about them and share the info and hopefully um provide you with safe places to go and visit because most cemeteries are still open for visiting in quarantine yes um and obviously other countries are in uh, better spots than we are. Uh, that's the humidifier. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've been watching too much Ghost Hunters, okay? So, for, for our listeners, I'm a little on edge. <laughs> for our listeners that couldn't see Bree's face, uh, we record in, the, in my recording studio in my house. And because we have a lot of our guitars out, uh, we keep the door closed and we have a humidifier. Because, please, if you have an instrument... Do not do stupid shit. Like, keep it in your garage. Mm. Don't do Why that. Why do you even have an instrument? No, keep if it. If you're just going to do that. Yeah, if you have a guitar or any type of wood instrument, keep it in a humidified environment where it's happy. Uh, so the humidifier was just taking a little extra drink of water and it startled poor Brie. Yeah, you, I, I, I did that whole, like, the black girl look. Like, like ooh, what, I need what, to what? get up. <laughs> I need to get up and leave. I'm about to run. <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know. Um, also, thank you, um, Zach Bagans, for, like, freaking me out for like the past two days we watched the hotel <laughs> cecil investigation on discovery plus we, we broke down and got an account that yeah we and we need to talk about it on it was, it was an good. episode even though i know we talked about the hotel but i feel like we should go in a little bit more depth again and talk about the investigation yes because it was creepy it was very creepy mm-hmm. very yep. very good but we can make it like a like a double thing. Like, we can talk about that, and we can talk about his quarantine special. Oh, yeah, 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 So it makes, you know, put it all together. You haven't watched the Dybbuk box portion of the quarantine special. I have not you? made it there. I'm still in the second episode. Okay. I'm just warning you. Your eyes will roll so far back <clears throat> in your head, they will not come back to the front. <laughs> it was already kind of doing that. I'm just like, With these on. dolls, and... 
But anyway. you, you know what makes me crazy? Not to like sidetrack, but what makes me crazy is when it's clearly a dust particle. Oh, yes. Like <laughs> when they Just were in the room with the doll. And they're like. Object. I'm like, like, dude, you know, that was like a dust bunny, right? It was totally a little speck of dust. Like, like she was like, as soon as that dust bunny orb. went, uh, the, the orb went in front of the camera. This lady mysteriously fainted. I was like. For real, though, is a fucking speck of dust. I'm like, Zach Baggins. Maybe she got a severe allergy. It's a piece I don't of know. dust because all of that shit you got in there is dirty. It's older than shit. <laughs> yep. So, also, fucking clean. Oh my gosh, yes, please dust yourself. Because <laughs> I know if I go in there and it's dusty, I'm really going to have to leave. <laughs> it's, the demons are not going to like me because I'm going to be sneezing all through that place. Yep. <laughs> And if, if there's big things of dust going in front of video cameras, I'm out. <laughs> Hard pass. I'm gonna faint from that. Anyway. Yep. Um, well, do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Do I'll it. go first. Um, so a lot of mine came from, and and I would like to thank you first of all for telling telling me about Amy's crib. Oh, isn't she great? So great. She's so great. A lot of my picks actually came from going down the rabbit hole on her website well she's the best but also like it just got me interested in some of these other locations because i know like with the last times we were picking these really you know big ones big famous ones um where a lot of famous people were were buried but i like that she had more of like smaller little more obscure um cemeteries that i mean some of them had famous people obviously buried there but they're not like that big but they all they all have these really dark and creepy stories about them and so yeah i was up late like (laughs) reading everything they're the best (laughs) um so the first one that i'm gonna talk about is the goodna general cemetery in brisbane australia Ooh, yeah i mean here's the thing I know, like, some of this is, like, we're making lists for places that we want to go. I still don't have so much of a desire to go to Australia yet. No. And that's only because you guys have the deadliest spiders, the deadliest snakes. snakes. That little, oh, the little jellyfish? Oh, that little and, box jellyfish? And really deadly minutes. things that are in your ocean. I'm good. I know. <laughs> Australia, we love you. And you have, you know what? Here's the here's what kills me about Australia. You all have some of the freaking cutest little critters on the face of the I planet. Know. Like wallabies. Yep. And koalas. Yep. They are so freaking cute. But then there's all this other shit that will kill you. And like you have you have over like what? They said like a thousand species that are undiscovered that all that could also be deadly. Oh my god. Stop. I'm like, why are you even sharing that information with me? Australia, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I know. That's like when I went to Hawaii and Maui and we're going on the boat to go in the ocean. They're like, oh yeah, so like, you know, we're already like pretty much there to get ready to jump off the, the catamaran. And he's like, oh, we checked today. There's no sharks in the water. I'm like, well, I'm not fucking getting in the water. Oh, dude, I told you. Oh, and there was that shark. I'm like, I keep, we keep sidetracking, but I, told I know. You. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're all good. But I told you about the um that shark attack when we were in Kauai that was oh, on our yes. beach while we were in the water. Mm-hmm. We did not go snorkeling the rest of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But I'm just saying, like, it's just like the same thing. They're like, come to Australia. But then you hear about all these 
<laughs> deadly spiders and snakes i want to but you know what that spiders even okay so snakes i can snakes, snakes i can, I can deal, deal with. with yeah but spiders and bugs well and that freaking spider it's got the humongous fangs nope. like i watched i watched a discovery special on it where this why person got, why did you do that I, it was an accident <laughs> It was an accident. It was a special on Australia and all the things that'll kill you. Um, but 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 it had the big fangs and somebody that got bit actually had to like rip it off because the fangs are so big that they like stick in you. And yeah, I know it was Mm-mm. terrible. Mm-mm. Nope. Australia thoughts and prayers on that funnel web spider. Uh, I'm sorry. And I'm, I apologize to any of our listeners that live there. We but actually I'll- have a lot of listeners in Australia. Shit. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I'm so terrified. <laughs> but if you make me feel otherwise, I will come there. Please, but like, please can tell I, us it's not as bad as we think it just, is. Just put me in a bubble, <laughs> then I'll come. <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> I will stop sidetracking. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We're, you're good. You're good. It's Sunday. Um, but anyway, so Gooden and General Cemetery in Brisbane. <laughs> so um, Gooden and General Cemetery is one of the oldest cemeteries in Queensland and was established in 1859. Though there's some just they only say it was established in 1959 because that is when the first person like it was recorded to be buried there. So just throwing that out there. Anyway, um, and so it was established in 1859 by the NSW government uh, before uh, Queensland became a state in 1879. Um, it is also one of the very few cemeteries which is still community operated in the region and is the only community operated cemetery within the Ipswich City Council area. I just love the name of that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this means that the cemetery is operated and administered by the Goodness Cemetery Trust, which exists as an elected group of members. Mm. Interesting. Uh, the trust controls any decisions or actions made relating to the cemetery. Uh, uh, Heritage Park uh, Crematorium leases the northeastern corner of the site and uh, contained in the terms of the lease is responsible for the general maintenance of the cemetery. So, a little background on Interesting. that. Interesting. Uh, so, the cemetery is located approximately uh, 15 kilometers east of Ipswich City and 20 kilometers west of Brisbane. Uh, it is serviced by Stewart Street and access via the Ipswich Motorway to the north and Red Bank Plains Road to the south. I hope you're taking notes for this map <laughs> because I have no idea where that is. Um, but in case somebody wants to go there, I'm giving you directions. <laughs> so the cemetery is located within the residential suburb of Goodna and within the local government area of the Ipswich City Council. So the natural bushland setting of Goodna uh, cem- uh, General Cemetery covers an area approximately five hectares. Mm-hmm. I got it right. You did good. I was like, I don't know what that is. It's the metric measurement. I, I know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> they, we got acres. They have hectares. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, there, there's so much going on. <laughs> so, um, as I was saying, so the first, the, what, the land was proclaimed when the, the first recorded burial was in, in 1859 and listed in the burial register is it's under as nielsen 
and the headstone bearing the name of Agnes Nielsen, who was aged three years and four months. Oh, I know. So So many of the burials in the late 1800s and early 1900s were infants with uh, no, like, you know, Christian names recorded, just their surname. And most were buried by their parents, as indicated in the register, in the undertaker's name column. Uh, Burials for uh, for infants initially cost six shillings and six pence. I don't know if that's cheap or expensive. Well, that equates to 66, 60 cents. Ugh, I'll get it right. 66 cents today. Okay, that's cheap. Yeah, that's real cheap. You can't bury... I mean, back then, that was probably like a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, today you can't bury somebody for like less than $6,600. At right. least not in the U.S. because we're terrible. You guys can just cremate me. It's fine. <laughs> Drop me off the back of a boat and just move on with life. Right. Don't don't spend that much. Unless they have a really, really pretty pink casket. Hide me in the freezer and keep collecting my social security. Hide me in the freezer. That's true. You hear about people dying and their, their family no. keep them in the freezer so that they can keep collecting their social security checks? I would never do that to you. Well, and I would tell Jared not to do that I'm to you. I'm giving you permission. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Your loss. <laughs> gonna haunt me and start closing doors and shit. Joke's on us. There won't be any social security for left by the right. time we're yeah, all left Exactly. <laughs> we won't be able to even get close to it anyway. Nope. <laughs> so, um, so while the infants cost you know six shillings, the adult burials cost uh, ten shillings and six pence. How much is that? The, you know what? They didn't. They didn't give me the. I'm gonna guess that's like a dollar. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) So cheap. (laughs) Um, But with the first paid funeral recorded was on November fourth, nineteen o two. So then the burial fees increased in nineteen o four to eight shillings for uh, for infants and then twelve shillings for adults respectively until 1940 where a massive price uh, rise took the cost to two pounds and 12 shillings that sounds better yeah <laughs> so and that was you know for an adult burial with infant graves still costing like a real a relatively low 12 shillings so i was like oh well that's nice they gave you a discount for children <laughs> <laughs> So, on March 3rd, 1945, the first body exhumed from Brisbane Mental Hospital Cemetery arrived for burial in Goodness General Cemetery. Over the next four years, approximately 200 bodies uh, would have... uh, would be taken from the Asylum Cemetery to to be reinterred at Goodna. Um, So, this is where we get into the creepy story. (laughs) About if you look up the picture of the cemetery, you will see these tiny little graves. Um, and this is uh, this is what I'm going to get into, but it is really creepy. Mm. Um, <laughs> so over the next four hundred, uh, four hundred, <laughs> the next four <laughs> years, approximately two hundred uh, two hundred bodies would be taken from the asylum cemetery to be reinterred at Goodna. No records were kept in relation to the positioning of these graves on any of the maps held by the trust. Um, although two. Bodies were exhumed from Goodness Cemetery within weeks of their reburial. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a lot of conflicting information available about why this occurred, um, with some sources citing that the building of a road 
um, citing the building of a road. Uh, some say construction of the golf course and others um, noting that the cemetery was too close to the, the Woogaroo Creek. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> Australia, keep us honest. Yeah, let me know if that's right. It, it's a cool name of a creek. Let me just throw that there. Mm-hmm. And or the Brisbane River and bodies were continually being washed away in the floods. Mm. So, th- Yeah. some crazy stuff yeah (laughs) so there is no definitive information about the rationale for the exhumations or what happened to the remaining bodies of the patients who had died um while resident at the asylum and were subsequently buried in the hospital grounds that wow could you imagine just driving down the road and the body just like washes right in front of you just right there So the markers uh, that you see in the picture, um, if you look at it, um, are numbered up to 2300, which could possibly indicate the number of burials, but it's still kind of unknown. It could be more. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So in the early 1970s, hundreds of crude concrete grave markers transitioned to the Goodness Cemetery grounds. And in in 2006, after receiving government funding, a commemorative space was built to uh, memorialize the grave markers and the thousands of people whose final resting place is now unknown. So if you're interested in ordering a memorial plaque for a loved one, you know, you can contact them. You can go to, they, there's actually a, a, I swear I can talk, a, (laughs) a website for, um, Goodna General Cemetery and they, they're pretty up to date. And, you know, if you need information about anything, they're, you know, very responsive. Um, so a couple of like really cool things to see there. So one of the icons of Goodna General is the Headless Angel Monument, originally erected by Attilio Costa in memory of his wife, Teresa, in 1922. It's really, it's really cool looking. I love all this mm. gothic stuff that they used to make back then. Um, but there's no further details of Teresa um, are available um, as her burial is not recorded in the register. Ooh, weird um <laughs> the head forearm and wings of the statue have been missing for many years due to numerous uh, bouts of vandalism within the cemetery uh goodness cemetery is claimed by many to be extremely haunted i mean there's bodies that just might be buried somewhere in there and they don't even know because they don't have a record so <laughs> that explains a lot <laughs> Um, but while no one truly knows who, just who or what is haunting the space, many just, you know, they, there's many speculations. So the common belief is that the haunting of the cemetery is obviously rated to the mass grave of former patients from the Brisbane Mental Hospital. Um, Aww. yeah, it's really sad. Like, Aww. I mean, not, I mean, like, it, it's just sad. Like, even if it's like your family member or somebody, maybe you didn't know and, like just the fact that they'll never be remembered you know what i mean just like, like heart island in new york yeah it's it really sad, sad. <sighs> but anyway so it is thought that you know the ghosts of these former patients they now roam the cemetery possibly lost confused and probably very angry i mean I understandably would be. yeah so. i would be <laughs> Um, and actually, many visitors have claimed to be physically attacked by the unseen within the cemetery. Oh, Yeah. Um, the spirits of former criminally insane patients from the hospital are generally blamed for these invisible assaults. 
uh, many people um, have claimed to leave the cemetery with bites, scratches, and even bruises. Ooh. I don't know if I want to go. <laughs> you, you got you got the spiders, you got the snakes, <laughs> and now you've got sharks. Yeah, yeah, sharks, and now you have really angry ghosts at the cemetery and jellyfish, like biting me and leaving me with bruises. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a no from me. It's like strike three. Anyway, so and then um, another common disturbance reported um, at the cemetery is the interference with uh, personal electronic equipment. Um, Cameras and other devices that rely on batteries have supposedly been known to suddenly drain power, while other items, including cars parked on the outskirts of the cemetery, have also unexplainedly stopped working. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So anyway, that is Goodna General Cemetery. Interesting. In Brisbane, Australia. Yeah. Uh yeah. Check it out. Jerry is still <laughs> out. Australian listen t- listeners, please tell us that we're completely being irrational about our fear of everything yes. killing us and that it's actually I mean, okay to I see visit. beautiful pictures. And I would love to go. Obviously, I mean, if I win this lotto, I'm going to tell you guys, hey, guess what? We are going to take like a year off and we're traveling everywhere. Who's coming? Oh, man. I'm low key pissed about not winning either lotto. Oh, I know. I same, same. But I'm just saying, if it happens, be ready. So we're buying a jet. Mm hmm. If either one of us wins, we're buying a jet. Yep. We're quitting our jobs. Yep. And we're just going to go everywhere. And we'll podcast about it. Ooh. <laughs> we could take this with us, right? We could just make it mobile. I'll get a couple of USB microphones. We'll have enough um, uh, money to afford like a mobile system. Yeah, we'll bring. I'll bring the laptop. I will get us a couple USB mics from my job before we quit. And yes, all right, we'll cool. So yeah. Anyway, well, I'm uh, I'm taking it in a different direction. Okay. So the first cemetery that I picked is actually called Mary Cemetery. Ooh. M-E-R-R-Y, like Mary Christmas. Oh, but, okay. But Mary Cemetery in Romania. Oh, doesn't sound like it would be very merry there. Well, and it's a cemetery. <laughs> but look up pictures. It It is oh, look, I'm like going. super brightly colored everything. It's absolutely gorgeous. So in the town, oh, 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 and I guess I should uh, preface this with, I'm fairly certain that I got most of my research from Atlas Obscuria. Oh, um, yeah. They're also great. Also wonderful. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's where I found a lot of stuff. And then I also pulled some stuff from their website, too. So in the town of Sapatana, I hope that's right, but it's probably not, Romania, where at the Symmetrul Vessel, or... Mary Cemetery. Over 800 wooden crosses bear the life stories, dirty details, and final moments of the bodies they mark. But they're all displayed in bright, cheery pictures and annotated with limericks that are the stories of almost everyone who's died in that town. Wow. Isn't it pretty? It's really pretty. Yeah, it's it's super pretty. Um, so, uh, illustrated crosses depict the depict soldiers being beheaded and townspeople being hit by a truck. Um, and the epigraphs reveal a surprising level of truth. So here's another uh, example of one. Underneath this heavy cross lies my mother-in-law poor. Try not to wake her up 
for if she comes back home, she'll bite my head off. <laughs> can you please write that on my gravestone? I mean, we can we can make this happen. <laughs> Here lies a bad girl, Bree Bree. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's super cool. Um, so there's a few other ones. I'm in that everyone's got a lim- uh, different limerick on it. So um, Stan Ion Patras, who was born in Zapatana in 1908, and at the age of 14, he had already be- begun carving crosses for the local cemetery. And by 1939, he begun carving clever or ironic poems done in a rough local dialect about each of the deceased as well as painting the crosses with the deceased's image and often including the way in which the individual died on the image i know isn't it so cool um so he developed this really careful symbolism in his work uh green represented life yellow represented fertility red for passion black for death and the colors were always set against a deep blue known as the sapatana blue which he believed represented hope freedom and the sky yeah so other symbolism includes white doves for the soul a blackbird to represent a tragic or suspicious death um and these all worked their way onto each of the crosses as did his dark sense of humor yeah so uh sapatana is a small town with few secrets and often the dirty details of the deceased made it onto each of the crosses uh and then one reads, uh, I own Toa Drew loved horses. One thing he loved very much to sit at a table in a bar next to someone else's wife. Oh, the shade of it I all. know. Wow. Are they sure this is not like a drag cemetery? Pretty much. Right. The library is open. Yeah. That, that's going to be on, on my tombstone with me with the glasses on. <laughs> Um, and the deceased town drunk has a grave showing a black skeleton dragging him down while he swigs from a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Man, there is some tea on I these know. headstones, I, I man. Loved, I loved reading about this one. This is great. Yep. Um, so Patras single-handedly carved rope homes for and painted well over 800 of these folk art masterpieces over a period of 40 years. Wow. Uh, it wasn't until near the end of his life in the early 1970s that the Mary Cemetery, as the town dubbed it, was discovered by the outside world when a French journalist publicized it. Oh. Um, so Stanion Patras died in 1977, having carved his own cross... And left his house and work to his most talented appress- apprentice, Doom. Oh, I'm so sorry, Dumitru Prop Pop. Sorry, that's, oh, that's close awful. enough. I tried. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so Pop has since spent the last three decades continuing to, continuing his work carving the cemetery crosses, and he has turned Stan's house into the Mary Cemetery's workshop museum. Oh. He picks an oak for the grave slabs and the fells the tr- and he uh, fells the tree by himself. So despite the occasionally dark comedy or merely dark tones of the crosses, Pop says no one has ever complained about it. It's the real life of a person. If he likes to drink, you say that. If he likes to work, you say that. There's no hiding in a small town. The families actually want the true life of the person to be represented on the cross. Okay, so here's why I support this. And I told Jared the same thing because I'm clearly going to die before him because nobody in my family lives very long. I told him at my funeral, it is your responsibility 
to tell the truth. Don't everybody get up there and cry and talk about what a wonderful person I am. Give them like, no, she was a cantankerous, cranky bitch. <laughs> These are she all like, lies. <laughs> like, yeah, I want you all to tell the truth. <laughs> These are like, all, I, I'll tell the truth. It's not going to be that because like, that's not the truth. Please tell everybody how fussy I get, how I eat too many snacks. I mean, like. I will talk about how we went to one place and they said there was going to be snacks and they didn't have snacks oh that mary Kay party <laughs> i will say that oh, i will talk about that at your funeral sarah almost cut a bitch but i'm probably mm-hmm. gonna die before you so <laughs> i don't know girl i don't know we'll find out or we'll Thelma and louise and go out together okay that's fine um, drive off a cliff <laughs> yep <laughs> so i totally support i i absolutely support the the honesty in the artwork yeah um, i like that too so pop actually has one complaint about it and he says that it can get repetitive um and he says their lives were the same but they want their epitaphs to be different um and not all the carvings can actually be exhibited due to political reasons oh um and there's actually a book called the crosses of sapatana that lists all of the epitaphs in the cemetery along with descriptions and insights into the meaning of each of the messages Mm -hmm that's really cool yeah so that is the mary cemetery in romania it's um less creepy more like super fun i like it yeah that's giving me like too many ideas which i know i'm getting all dark and morbid now (laughs) (laughs) what what has my life become (laughs) awesome apparently um everything is awesome we're talking about what we want on our gravestones there's a book in my (laughs) nightstand that's called i'm dead now what so i told jared like all you have to know if something happens to me is it says like where the trust is oh okay uh who gets all my shoes when i thought I this die. was like a joke book that somebody wrote oh no 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 it's like this legit. is a real thing yeah, okay I, I bought it on amazon Sorry, take back my laugh <laughs> edit that out no you're all good it's uh yeah it's called i'm dead now what so it's like where i want all my shit to go like you get my lucite purses because i think you're probably the only <gasps> person that will appreciate them and you and D have to split my um, spooky purse collection. So, d- like, divide that up however you will. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I don't like you. Well, you know, <laughs> when I die, you get my shit. Uh, I need that book, though. Um, <laughs> so I can fill out mine. Because <laughs> you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the next one that I picked is St. Sebastian Cemetery in Salzburg, Austri- Austria. Nice. Almost said Australia. We're not... The other A. In- yeah, the other A. Austria. Nice. Some, like... Also, there's some really, like... Most of the cemeteries in Austria are super gothic. I know, they're and, so like, pretty. And, like, really dark. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, Austria is on the list. I, I like this. I, it's on my, my bucket list of things to do is to go to that meadow in the Alps where Julie Andrews shot the opening scene to The Sound of Music. Yes. I, I want to go there too. I absolutely. It's on my bucket list. But I also want to do that same spin and have somebody um, do a voiceover that says, look at all the cares I have. <laughs> look at all my cares yes because you know that's how you're gonna feel when you're there i'm out of bucks to give right exactly (laughs) (laughs) because someone made a meme of that and ever since then i i've always had that dream to go to that hill this is me not caring (laughs) all the fucks that i have left yep (laughs) bye-bye 
<laughs> so anyway, but it just anyway, the country's beautiful. I definitely it's on my list. So, so much history. A lot. <laughs> so the St. Sebastian Church is a 16th century Catholic church in Salzburg. Um, the attached cemetery is the final resting place of many well-known merchants and scholars. And I'll get into that a little bit later. So the St. Sebastian Church was built by the Austrian architect and stuccoist. I didn't even know that was like a job. It's a thing, apparently. It's a thing. Like, I thought, like, you just, like, if you're a painter or a builder, like, you just know how to do that. I didn't know, like, you have a title <laughs> of being a stuccoist. Stuccoist. <laughs> but I just like that. <laughs> um, but uh, it was uh, built by Cassian Singer between 1749 and 1753. Um, it had a Baroque architectural style with some Rococo elements. I love um <laughs> makes me sound so fancy um <laughs> the original church had beautiful ceiling frescoes and an altar painting by artist paul troger um a fire destroyed the altar and frescoes in 1818 the church was later restored and a statue of saint sebastian um made by conrad asper uh, between 1614 and 1620 was installed in the facade uh uh, a mass is celebrated entirely in latin even today i would love to see that Ooh. like just because like i just think it's so beautiful I, I mean i'm not gonna understand anything they're saying but i mean i've been to catholic mass so i kind of know some of the motions <laughs> so i might get by it's what i it's what i freaking grew up with man <laughs> but looking at the pictures online it really looks like death is everywhere (laughs) at the cemetery um there's just an unsettling depiction of an uh emaciated death holding an hourglass and it evokes a sense of memento mori so remember that you You will will die die. (laughs) you too will die i i I love that saying though because it's true coming it's coming for all of us (laughs) exactly (laughs) um and it isn't hard to forget in the cemetery where skulls abound including winged skulls skulls with snakes emerging from their eye sockets skulls (laughs) on which angels prop themselves skulls with hourglasses where are they supposed to sit i don't know but i mean they got skulls with a pick and axe for miners graves and skulls that hold holy water skulls the theme skulls skulls everywhere (laughs) skulls that's all i want Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh man (laughs) so um so during its uh it was being built in the 1500s though it may have acted as a burial place for much longer than that um but it is connected to the church and it's actually um it's super recognizable and important landmark uh, with uh, Salzburg's old town. And look at the old town too. Like you'll, you'll love it. It's really pretty. <laughs> um, so the cemetery holds the remains of some big Austrian names. So here we go. Celebrities. Uh, so Mozart's wife and father rest here. Ooh. Yes. As well as the Archbishop Wolf Dietrich. D- Dietrich. Dietrich. Yeah. Sorry. Good. I want to say his name all weird. Um, <laughs> who helped make Salzburg rich with his salt mines and who was later arrested and imprisoned over salt mine rights. That's so funny. <laughs> salt mine rights. 
<laughs> yeah, so Dietrich was denied the archbishop's honored honor of being buried in the Salzburg uh, Cathedral crypt. And instead, his remains are housed in a massive mausoleum. And it's actually the centerpiece of St. Sebastian Cemetery. I'm looking up all the pictures right I know. Isn't it cool? So pretty. It is really pretty. Super gothic. I, I love it. But like Ooh. a lot of them are like that. It, it's, it's just so cool. That's it. I'm moving to Austria. <laughs> and then um, just to the right of the cemetery's entrance up a small flight of stairs is the grave of and a monument to physician, botanist, alchemist, astrologer, occultist, and philosopher. I'm going to butcher this. Theo... <laughs> Theophorostus Paracelsus. Yeah, I don't know. Paracelsus? Thank you. It took me so long to practice that. You have no idea. The father of modern medicine. Yes. I remember that from school. See, I I probably skipped way over that in school. I was a science major. That's why you know. That's Exactly. But yeah, like, father you know of modern medicine. Shit. Right, exactly. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> um, but yes, he is the father of modern medicine. But I thought that was cool because I looked him up because I didn't know who he was. But I like how he had like all these different titles and also like occultist. <laughs> but he's also the father of modern medicine. I'm looking up Austrian real estate right but now. But look, um, look at his whole um, grave and, and monument. It's really cool. I'm, I'm looking up our next house. Oh, right. <laughs> In Austria? Yes. <laughs> so, um, though there are a number of significant burials there, um, there are many other features that draw visitors to the resting place. One of these being the impressive Gothic architecture and artwork, which adorns many of the burial places. And all throughout the cemetery, dark symbolism, such as the skulls and death, are featured pretty much everywhere. So that, you know, that's why I was saying in the beginning, it's like, this is where people died. Like, it's so apparent here, <laughs> but it's so beautifully done. Like some people would probably think that it's like, I don't know, they've described it as kind of like a, uh, like they think it's like a devil's worshiper cemetery <laughs> because of all the skulls and like just the weird imagery. Like, you know, some people don't like that. It's fine. We can buy a cellar. Let's do it. And then, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> all the creepy old stairs and everything. Ooh. Look. Look. Oh. Oh my God, I can have a wine cellar. The whole thing is a cellar. Oh. It's humongous. Wait, like that's for sale? Yeah. Just for, the cellar? Yeah. For 1.3 million Australian dollars. Austrian dollars. Wow. I don't know how much that is. In but what are we going to do with the cellar? Live in it. Like, we're going to build our bunker when the world is coming to an end? Yeah. Okay, I'm here. I'm here for this. <laughs> Look, I'm planning out this lotto money. I haven't even won it yet. <laughs> like, I got plans. But I got plans. I got plans. It's it's on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in my journal. That means it's happening. <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> take a look at the St. Sebastian Cemetery. It is beautiful. The town of Salzburg is beautiful. It's gorgeous. I want to go there. It is on my list. I wrote it down. Like I said, when I write it down, that means it's going to happen. happen. So, yeah. So that is the St. Sebastian Cemetery. It's really pretty. I'm looking at all the pictures right It now. really is. It's just so beautiful. 
Ooh. <laughs> well, funny that you picked one in Austria mm-hmm. because I did too. That's amazing. And we didn't plan this it. Is, this is why we have a podcast. Right? We did not plan it. Yeah. When way. I saw that you put that, I was like, that's hilarious. Yep. <laughs> um, so the one that I picked is St. Peter's Cemetery. So beautiful. Which is also in Salzburg. Yep. And what's special about this cemetery is it actually was the inspiration for the uh, chapel in The Sound of Music. It was. So it was also known as the Peter's Freidhof. We're just going to call it the St. Peter's Cemetery because I'm a dumb American and it's very difficult for me to pronounce things and I don't want to ruin it. You're wonderful. Um, You're doing great. Oh, God, we're, we're, we're flying by the skin of our teeth. Um, so uh, it is together with the burial site at Nomburg Abbey, the oldest cemetery in the city of Salzburg. And it's located at the foot of Festenburg with... Hohen Salzburg Castle. Oh. And it is one of Salzburg's most popular tourist attractions. So it was actually closed in 1878, and the site just fell into a state of disarray until the 1930s, in which the monks of St. Peter's successfully urged for the admission of new burials. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, and since it was founded in the 7th century, the church and the abbey have actually been the spiritual heart of Salzburg. Aside from its striking architecture, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, the catacombs also were featured in The Sound of Music, actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I actually pulled most of this from their website. Um, so the highlight is the catacombs, which are hewn out of the Monksburg itself and date back to the late to late antiquity. So the mystical caves served as both as hermitages as well as burial sites. So they're early the early Christian catacombs can be visited all year round. The entrance is is located at the graves of Mozart's sister and Michael Haydn. So more, uh, more relatives there. And Michael Haydn was actually the brother of Joseph Haydn. Um, and after 48 steps, you find Gertrauden Chapel, which dates back to 1178. Oh, wow. Um, 36 further steps up lies the Maximus Chapel and admission is free with your Salzburg card. Um, so, if we have listeners in Austria, please keep me honest. I'm assuming this is very similar to your Amsterdam card, where if you go and visit Amsterdam, it includes, you can buy the card and it gets you admission to like 40 different museums and galleries throughout the city. It includes, um, I think, some travel as well. I believe it's like some of the um, the metro travel, potentially boats, all that business. So I'm assuming it's very similar to that. Oh, um, so the church and abbey were actually founded by the Frankish missionary Rupert. Particularly remarkable is the fact that the monastic brotherhood of that time still exists, making it the oldest monastic order in the German-speaking world today. Oh. After several fires, the church and abbey were restored in a number of different eras. The architecture now incorporates Romanesque, Renaissance, and Rococo elements. I just love that word. I know. It's interesting. <laughs> um, so in the 17th century, St. Peter's Abbey built the Long Gallery at the request of Prince Archbishop Guidobald von Thun. <laughs> Guidobald. 
I hope I like at least came close to that. Yeah. Um, Von Thun, in order to house a painting collection. In Italian style, the corridor features windows on the, on the one side and a continuous wall for paintings on the other. And today, the long gallery is accessible to the general public as part of the Dom Quartier tour. Ooh. So, with its unique setting, the cemetery is one of the world's most beautiful and oldest cemeteries. Uh, surrounding the late Gothic St. Mary's Chapel in the center, uh, numerous gravestones and burial vaults contribute to the captivating atmosphere. Famous personalities, artists, scholars, and merchants found their final resting place here, including Nannerill, Mozart's sister. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Um, and there were actually a couple of other notable burials. Um, specifically, we talked about Michael Haydn, who's the who was also a composer and the younger brother of Joseph Haydn. Santino Solari, who was a famous architect. Heinrich Ignaz Franz Bieber, I like who, was, it. who was a composer. Um, several other local politicians. Um... Yeah, I mean, lots and lots and lots of famous people. Ooh, Harry J. Collins, who was actually a U.S. Army Major General. Oh. He is buried there as well. Very cool. And Georg Schuchter, who was an actor. I like that last name. Schuchter. It's a cool name. <laughs> it's a super cool name. Um, so international guests obviously know the cemetery and catacombs is the famous backdrop for the Hollywood film, The Sound of Music, as I mentioned. Um, and it's pursued by national socialists. The, Tra- the Von Trapp family uh, led, fled through St. Peter's, finding a secure hiding place in the dark, rocky recesses before ultimately escaping safely Climb to Switzerland. every mountain. <laughs> but you know what I read? That actually, that the ending isn't correct because if they would have gone up that direction, they would have actually ended like where the Alps are. They would have actually yes. ended up in Germany. Yep, I know. I'm like right in, and Hitler actually had a <laughs> house in in that part of. He's like, Germany. just wait for you guys. Exactly. So, <laughs> sound of music, Rodgers and Hammerstein. But also, the person who assigned me to sing that song, I still don't like you. Mm-mm, nope. Anyway, <laughs> um, continue. So Mozart and Haydn actually both have close ties to St. Peter's. Uh, in 1769, the 13-year-old Mozart conform- composed his Dominicus Mass for the abbot, while just a few years later, Michael Haydn was commissioned by the abbey to write his Rupert Mass. And today, the Baroque Hall at Stiftskeller, St. Peter's, uh, as well as the Romanesque Hall, are regularly used for concert events, including Mozart dinner concerts. Wow. I know. So that is St. Peter's over in Salzburg. Same city. I mean, Salzburg, it sounds like you're happening over there. I know. There's so much fun stuff to do. If we have any listeners, please send us stuff yeah send us pictures yes and if we have other fun um stuff that you know we haven't talked about then yeah and send it our way also like you know if there's some other interesting grave markers and things like that yeah yeah let us know (laughs) yeah well my last one it's a very interesting story but i'm going like all the i'm like really far away from you now i'm going back over to uh christchurch parish cemetery in austin's i think it's austin's or austin's in barbados Ooh, yeah 
Sorry, Rihanna was a little bit of the inspiration. Anyway. I mean, bad, bad girl Riri. <laughs> but the story is really cool, too. But creepy. <laughs> but anyway, so the current Christ uh, Church Parish Church, Christ Church Parish, sorry, I put church <laughs> twice, um, located in Austin's, um, it was uh, built in Bar- it was built in Barbados in uh, 1935, and it is the fifth parish church on the site. Oh. Um, at various times, the previous structures have all been destroyed by natural disasters, including flood, fire, and hurricanes. I mean, they're on an island, so mm-hmm. <laughs> surrounded by water. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the fire. We don't know who did that, but anyway. But the flood and hurricanes that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original parish. Um, church structure was built in um, 1629 and was no- located near Dover Beach. Um, in 1669, the church was destroyed destroyed by the flood, uh, which scattered coffins and bones from the church cemetery across the beach. Lovely. Um, <laughs> the next church constructed was destroyed in the hurricane of 1780. And then another parish church was built in 1786 and again destroyed by the, by a hurricane in 1831. I mean, they're just not having any luck. Nope. At all. <laughs> so this, this church, this cemetery is obviously cursed <laughs> because they keep trying to rebuild it and the earth just says no. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening. Nope. And then again, um, the new church that was built was destroyed by a fire in 1935. <sighs> so, this poor church and cemetery. So sad. So, the big thing about this church, it's known for its churchyard or cemetery, which contains the notorious Chase Vault. The story is so cool. You're going to love this. <laughs> Um, and the whole thing, the whole premise behind it is coffins have been said to mysteriously move around within the sealed vault. Like it's super sealed. Like you can't get in there unless you like got a key or something. Like, yeah. So just a little background. So the, the Chase family, um, have a long and winding history with, um, Barbados after having initially brought their family, bought the family vault in the 1800s so it's located on a hill overlooking the rest of the caribbean so it's so probably so beautiful um and the vault was chosen for its pitch pitch god picturesque there we go picturesque views and calming surroundings serving as a perfect memorial site for the family sounds so lovely um despite being battered by the salt and wind from the island storms the vault was sturdy and strong protecting the family members buried inside behind a huge blue marble slab like it if you look at it 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 just looks heavy doesn't look like it's easy to just move no and go around and mess with stuff so so while the chase family might have had everything they ever wanted in life um they were not popular with the local community community at all um they were incredibly wealthy but they used their riches to manipulate the people around them treating staff and slaves with unprecedented unprecedented brutality um when the family came to buy their vault they purchased it from another owner believing it would suit their family better <laughs> like hey you don't need this we rude. need it so we're, rude. we're gonna buy it from you bye move your family somewhere else mega rude i mean so here goes some more bad luck 
so the the vault was originally built in 1724 but then it was uh purchased by the chase family when mary ann chase died at the tender age of two um the little girl was placed in the vault in a lead coffin along with the vault's single other occupant who was interred in a uh, wooden coffin so just a few short years later mary ann's sister dorcas it's such a weird name mm-hmm. <laughs> i just want to i just like they just thought like she was born and they're like we're gonna name her dorcas oh it's sad it's the same thing where i think about uh in sabrina one of the 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 weird sisters yeah yeah her dorcas. name is dorcas yeah. i was like that's not something i would name my daughter but anyway, no, it's fine. Probably so, not. <laughs> so Dorcas, Marianne's sister, was also buried in the tomb after starving herself to death. It's really sad. Mm. Um, so death continued to plague the Chase family when the sister's uh, father, Thomas, died around a month after his eldest daughter. So, however, when the thick marble slab that sealed the entrance to the vault was removed, the burial team discovered that the three coffins inside had been violently tossed around and were standing against the walls of the tomb in like kind of like a little disarray. It's weird. Mm. Um, (laughs) There was no evidence of human tampering with the sealed vault and none of the other vaults in the cemetery had been affected in the same way. So it's, you know, kind of... You know, it's kind of eliminating the possibility of earthquake or flood. But regardless, all of the coffins were placed back in their original places. And Thomas was added to the orderly pile. So if you go um, on, there's, I forget where I saw this picture. I know I read this on Amy's Crypt, but also I think it's on um, uh, Atlas Oscura. But they have a little kind of like diagram on there showing how the coffins were placed Mm -hmm. because this is how the family wanted them placed Mm -hmm. and then how when they went in there how they were all like scattered it's really weird (laughs) it's really weird so years later when the vault was um once again open to add another body to the pile they found the coffins had been tossed around once again and they were all like just lying all over the place again so this time before resealing the seemingly watertight and impenetrable space (laughs) a layer of sand was placed on the floor to detect any footprints should the culprits return i was like man whoever came up with the idea that idea they get the big gold star um (laughs) so after a couple of years with the story you know kind of like brewing you know wrong you know among the public the vault was reopened to check on things and as the story goes it was revealed in front of the throngs of curious onlookers that the coffins had once again been moved around creepy yeah no footprints either in that sand creepy (laughs) that's weird so you know at this point all of the coffins uh, coffins were removed from the vault and reburied elsewhere in the cemetery the empty vault remains open to this day filled only with the ghost stories (laughs) however with no coffins to toss around any malevolent uh, spirit or some person just with you know magical powers i don't know um (laughs) may have a hard time making themselves known (laughs) but actually there was a detailed investigation by the governor of barbados and members of his staff um 
was made in uh, 1820, uh, but it offered no exp- explanation, and the coffins were eventually each buried separately. Anyway, so that was like their whole thing. Like, oh, we don't know what happened, so we're just going to move them. <laughs> so today you you know you're able to go to the vault at the church site it's it's still completely open with the sand on the ground Ooh. i mean no coffins no nothing in there but um just reading a couple more articles about it they said you you definitely feel a sense of heaviness when you walk in there creepy yeah I know. So that is Christchurch Parish Cemetery in Austin's Barbados. Nice. The last one I picked is Fairview Lawn Cemetery in Nova Scotia, Canada, which is also known as the Titanic Cemetery. (gasps) (laughs) That sounded like the little mermaid, not like Celine Dion. (laughs) No, you know, it was like that little, like the. Never mind. Anyway, I was trying to do the music. It it, it worked in my head. <laughs> um, so everyone knows about the tragic saga of the RMS Titanic. Don't let go, Jack. Nope. And if you've lived under a rock for 109 years. I have. Because, uh, the Titanic sank on its maiden voyage. Uh, it l- departed on April 15th of 1912. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. Um, on April 15th of 1912, 2,224 passengers and crew who had embarked on what was supposed to be this decadent voyage became part of one of the deadliest and most famous maritime disasters ever recorded. If they would only listen to their warnings right i'm just saying iceberg dead ahead yep so as we know the poor titanic grazed an iceberg um it had some hull damage actually some quite devastating hull damage yeah and then very slowly started filling with water and it sank over the course of two and a half hours into the freezing cold atlantic ocean Ugh. i can't even imagine Mm mm-hmm can't even imagine i don't even want to get in a pool when it's cold no right the the polar bear swims at camp like Like someone's like oh the pool's at 80 i'm like it's still too cold right it's cold can you can you crank it up just a notch or two um so after it sank into the freezing water only 710 survivors were (sighs) taken from an icy grave by lifeboats by the rms carpathia several hours later wow yep so the Nova Scotian city of Halifax. Yay, Canada. I think uh, Canada is actually where our second highest concentration of listeners is in oh, front of the United States. That's amazing. We love you, Canada. Please send us pictures of this cemetery. Yes, if you happen to live in Nova Scotia or you're visiting, please send us pictures. Yes. We'd love to see it. Um, so the Nova Scotian city of Halifax was given the grim task of arranging for the bodies to be brought home. And the woeful reality was that there were simply too many bodies to handle and many were buried at sea, much to the, to the dismay of grieving family members who wanted more tangible closure. That's awful. Yeah. Um, the rest were brought to Halifax, where 40 members of the Funeral Directors Association of the Maritime Provinces were waiting to process the disaster victims. So to receive the overwhelming amount of bodies, Halifax turned its Mayflower curling rink into a temporary morgue. Oh. 
And while victims were buried in three different cemeteries, most were actually laid to rest at Fairview Lawn, which is a non-denominational resting resting place that had recently been obtained by the city of Halifax. And Fairfax would gruesomely also play host to a mass grave containing the remains of victims of the Halifax explosion five years later. Super sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so 121 victims of the Titanic disaster are interred at Fairview, most of them memorialized by gray granite markers that softly outline a shape that resembles the hull of a ship. Oh, how sad. Um, a third of the remains have never been identified and possibly never will be. Uh, a heart-wrenching example of this is the grave of a toddler simply known as the unknown child whose burial expenses were paid by the crew of the C.S. Mackie Bennett who had pulled him from the water themselves. Mm. That's really sad. Um, so his little marker reads, erected to the memory of an unknown child whose remains were, di- were discovered after the disaster of the Titanic on April 15, 1912. And the child was, ident- was eventually identified through forensics in 2002 as 19-month-old Sidney Leslie Goodwin, an English child whose family also perished. Mm. Super sad. But here's where uh, our boy Jack gets a little bit of fame. There is a grave grave marked J. Dawson. I'm looking at it. Yep. Uh, Which gained fame following the release of the 1997 film starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Titanic. Um, And obviously the name of Leonardo's character is Jack Dawson. I bet there was all the women at this Mm -hmm. grave site. Um, so many filmgoers were so moved by this love story uh, that they left flowers and ticket stubs at Dawson's grave when the film was first released and flowers continue to be left today Mm. and film director James Cameron has said that the character's name was not in fact inspired by the grave but it would have been cool though mm -hmm. he should have just said it right just go with it James Cameron what's your problem (laughs) make more money right Um, and more recent research has revealed that the grave actually belongs to Joseph Dawson an Irishman who was working in the Titanic's boiler room as a coal trimmer oh yeah and that is the Titanic Cemetery that's so cool I would like to see that yeah and Canada isn't really not that far from us Although I think Nova Scotia is actually... Isn't it like way... The other... But I mean like as far as, you know, other places that we can visit go. Yeah. I think it's on the other coast. It's just crazy. I'm like looking at all the pictures and it's crazy to see like all these markers that say April 15th, 1912. I know. It's it's crazy. It is. And then just numbers of like how old they think they were. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, it's like, who knows? Yep. And, and all the people that they'll never be able to identify. Yeah. Like Super just, sad. just numbers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so sad. No. It's so, so sad. <sighs> Listen to warnings, people. Well, and it's also really sad to see like how many things went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because not just with the the fact that they you know wanted to save time, but even with the engineering and the design of it, with the the number of propellers that they picked, how they designed um, the compartments on the bottom of the ship to not go up to the top because that would have bought them time. I mean, like the the stuff that they did that I mean, all these little things that could have prevented it or at least mitigated it and yeah. allowed, or the fact that they didn't have enough lifeboats. I mean. <sighs> All of it. Well, because, you know, they didn't care about the poor. Nope. They're just like, as long as our rich patrons can get on the boat, you know, women and children, it's fine. But, you know, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. 109 years later, not much has changed. 
girl if you're not telling the truth <laughs> at least not in the u.s anyway seriously um also while you were talking about it i wanted to see what it looked like now the and cemetery or the titanic no the titanic oh like i was just curious yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we go to those museums where they mm-hmm. have, like, the parts that were taken. Yeah. Um, I, It's really, like, just eerie. I I feel the same, like, looking at these pictures as when I'm I'm on the Queen Mary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, when we go in that, um, we went in that room and we could see the big propeller in the mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. Is that not scary to you? And the Queen Mary is actually bigger than the Titanic. Yeah. But I know they modeled it sort of like after the titanic a mm-hmm. little bit um or it was an inspiration mm-hmm. anyway of the, the the style of it anyway but like i'm, I'm just kind of reading this article and it says that in like the next like you know 20 or 30 years from now and this article was last year april it's basically saying it's it's gonna it's gonna disappear like completely just to completely disintegrate yeah just completely disintegrate saltwater is a bitch man yeah that's so sad and i wish there was a way i mean there's so much pressure that there's just no way that they can grab any more pieces of it to well, like you know put on display i it but, would be so cool if they could figure out a way to do it but then also there's the philosophical question of is it right to right exhume it Right. Because it's the resting place for so many people. Exactly. There uh, was a... Um, but, I mean, I'm just saying it would be cool, like, if they could, like, grab, like, if there's any artifacts left as far as, like, belongings of people. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be cool, like, for those families to, you know, maybe have a little more closure if they could, if they could do that carefully without completely collapsing the whole thing but i just think at this point they probably can't no and at this point you know it would be what grandchildren or great-grandchildren mm-hmm. that are left and that's it yeah because i was gonna say the last person that was alive that was on the titanic that was like recently that they died mm-hmm. and they were like the last person mm-hmm. ever i mean betty white might have had some relatives because she's 99 today oh wow yep <laughs> she might have had some relatives on betty it. betty white man um, your national treasure right well there just was letting you know <laughs> at the um the ronald reagan presidential library out here not that i'm a fan of ronald reagan because i'm not but my mom wanted to go to the to the library out there and see me i wanted to go they had a couple of good exhibits and i, I wanted to go well they had the titanic one and my mom loved the movie so mm-hmm. we uh we took her to go there and it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. They, um, you know, they, I feel like they could have done more. They had a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. It was, I feel bad because it was primarily focused on the movie. So they had costumes from the movie. But and that's cool too. I mean, that was still, it was still cool. I just wish that they would have had more from the actual. Yeah. Like, well, a lot of, well, cause a lot of what they made from the movie were like some stuff that they actually did find. So they just recreated. Yes. You know, yes. those items. Yes. Um. So I thought that, was cool about that i loved rose all of rose's stuff i know her Ugh. her whole freaking wardrobe um but the the one part of that that really stuck out to me that was overwhelming is there's one wall of the exhibit that was nothing but the names of the passengers that either were confirmed to have died or passengers that went missing that they never found and then were you know claimed <sighs> legally dead and it took up the whole freaking wall and the names weren't even written that big like it was oh, so oh, sad. it was overwhelming well a while back when i was visiting vegas so long ago i think this was after i graduated 
college in 2006, but um, they had the Titanic exhibit mm-hmm. at the Luxor. Yep. So I was like, okay, you know what? I want to go. I just want to see it. And it was, it was really cool how they did it. And then they had like a piece of one of the sides of the ship mm-hmm. and it was just, it, it like just looking at it, you're just like, damn mm-hmm. like it just gave me like a really eerie feeling oh, like totally. there, there was even this part where like walking where it made you feel like you were outside on the deck mm-hmm. and you could hear like the you know just the the water the waves yeah and how cold it was like they made you feel like you were actually there it was so creepy i'm like okay let's go moving on moving yeah. on to the next part of the <laughs> the museum like <laughs> yeah not not only are you in the middle of the freaking atlantic ocean with goddamn humongous ice cubes in it you're it's also nighttime right <laughs> like oh, i God. mean yeah just terrible terrible so yeah, well, yeah. that's the the fair the titanic cemetery in nova scotia that was amazing it's interesting good choice interesting <laughs> well that's it for us guys yep yeah so don't forget to uh follow us on instagram uh the squad ghouls and also like us on facebook and also don't forget to check out our website uh the we also would love to hear from you we have a a little contact form on there and you can email us your um ideas or comments or if you have some really cool known facts that you would like to share with us and we can read on the podcast please fill out there or you can also email us at the at gmail.com and rate and review us yes please wherever you listen to podcasts we appreciate it yes we do very uh, much Yeah, creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.